Hey everybody, this is Clayton. Uh, before we get started today, I just wanted to give you a heads up that this week on our episode, Patrick had some kind of sad news to share. Uh, and so we did that right off the top. Now, normally this is not the energy that we bring to the podcast. And I promise that uh, it, it does get funny eventually. But um, this was some news that we thought that was worth sharing with all of you. And those of you who have been listening for a while, it'll become immediately clear why. So we have about 10 minutes of, uh, of some not quite so happy uh, chat. And then we, after that, we get back into podcast as normal. And once it gets going, boy, it's a, it's a, it's a solid episode. Uh, so thank you so much for listening. And we promise next week, uh, it's, it's all jokes next week. Is This a Ghost is sponsored by Pickney Bend Distillery. Pickney Bend Distillery. So when you're sitting around, you're thinking, I'm thirsty. I want something to drink, but water's not cutting it. Soda's not doing it. It's not a coffee and tea thing. I don't know what it is. And even other whiskeys and gins not doing it. Mm -hmm. You know what I think you need? Your body is, your body is hungry for Missouri. <laughs> your body needs more Missouri in it. And Pickney Bend can help you with that. So Pickney Bend mm -hmm. is the pride of Missouri. And they put they just they they put they put Missouri into all everything they do. Mm -hmm. They take they just squeeze it down in there. They like yes, yeah. They take all the good parts of Missouri, the arch, mm -hmm. um, and they put it into and the they just, distill. Yeah, and <laughs> it's, the, the it's a weird shaped bottle, admittedly, it's, but it's <laughs> it works. Yeah, they put the good, they put the bad. You know, they they it's a mm -hmm. whole Missouri experience. Mm -hmm. They put it in there, and I think actually they so they're they are they're set up next to the Missouri River. And what they actually do, they they use Missouri River water. Oh no in the no, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. You're me so and mad. That's, <laughs> and, that's, and that's what you want. Shut, shut up. And that's what you want. Mm -hmm. um, it's double distilled to get all the critters out. It's that's actually what it is. not at all distilled. <laughs> so they they want to put as much Missouri as possible. So they they put a pump in the river, mm -hmm. and then they the tube from the pump mm -hmm. goes into the still. Right, and, so, and, and the, that's and, yeah, and it's it's a still in the classic sense, and that they pump the water in until the water gets very still. Yeah. And then they're done. That's the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> so then the sediment, they can, then they can really see how much sediment is there. And mm -hmm. they say, that's that's the right amount of mm -hmm. Missouri mm -hmm. that we want in mm -hmm. this gin. Mm -hmm. And so when you get a bottle of Pickney Bend Distillery, yeah, the gin will be black. And you'll be like, why is that? <laughs> that's weird, right? But no, it's not weird. That's just Missouri. That's You're drinking mm -hmm. Missouri. Mm -hmm. Your body craves it. Your taste buds need it. Um, Drink Missouri. Drink Pickney Bend. Get that Missouri in you show me it's a show me state and show me quality show show me show missouri. me gin show me show me missouri that was, that was yeah. your, okay that's good that's good we can keep we can keep riffing show me Do, missouri okay <laughs> okay okay yeah okay show me missouri okay yeah and you can you can show your your body mm -hmm. missouri mm -hmm. with bikini bend distillery <laughs> delicious things that um bend. Are, show your body to it as clayton says yeah yeah we should All put right. that on t-shirt Maybe on the back of the drink in the pink one. I think it'd be fine. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Is This a Ghost? I'm Clayton Smith. And every week I tell a real story about a real ghost from real history to my real friend, Patrick Dean, who uh, who is very proud of me right now for getting it right this time. I mean, <laughs> for I just, the first time in over yep. a month. <laughs> and he doesn't take it real seriously. Um, and I suppose today will be no different. 
No, I, no, I it's it's a uh, why 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 change now? I mean, yeah, dozens and yeah. dozens of people would be disappointed if we did. So I mean, at least one and a half dozen. <laughs> I think, and if you round up, that is dozens. <laughs> um, oh, do you? Should we? Should we share some news? Yeah, I, just, yeah. Uh, I can, yeah, I can, I can, I can, okay, I can handle this. <clears throat> okay. Um. So, uh, last Thursday, um, uh, we we came home from work. Everyone came home from work and school, and um, uh, poor poor Axel um, had suffered some sort of a some sort of a fall or an injury uh, while we were away, and his uh. His, and his hips uh, were uh, were no longer functioning. Um, so uh, we uh, you did did everything that we could. You know we um, you know we we uh, uh, gave it a you know full day and just see if it was something you know something uh, muscular or, or or you know anything might uh, you know work itself out. Um, and uh, you know got you know, the kids prepared for. Um, you know, for 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 everything, they're you know, very realistic with them, very very frank. Um, and uh, the next morning, Friday, we woke up and uh, he was he was no better. It was it was something, uh, you know, it was something you know, um, beyond him. Um, you know, he he couldn't he couldn't walk. Uh, you know, couldn't get himself to his food dish. You know, couldn't get himself to to water or or even to you know go to the bathroom, you know, um, so, uh, Amy and I made the, the, the hard decision that morning after, after, you know, talking everything over with the kids and getting them, um, all informed, uh, to, to, to put Axel to sleep, um, last Friday, last Friday morning. Um, yeah, that was, uh, no, it was, it was, it was, it was horrible. Um, yeah. It was it was pretty horrible. It's, um, it was, it was better that it was unambiguous, I guess. You know, easier call to make than it certainly could have been. I mean, you know, the my my fear was always that it was going to be, you know, there was always going to be something that like very slowly drifted to a point of discussion. Um, where not everybody had the same perspective, um, so I, you know it was, you know, it was, it was a blessing that it was not, um, not something debatable, um, yeah. and uh, so yeah, um, you know, obviously, you know, would have you know preferred everything to be different. I would, I would, I would give, I would give a lot of clean basements to have that little guy back right now. Yeah. Um, but um, certainly made a lot of jokes about him in his advanced mm-hmm. age, which um, felt better at the time <laughs> to have made. He, uh, yeah, I mean, he was, I, I kind of mentioned this before. He was, he was always up for a good gag, you know, <laughs> he was, he always enjoyed a good, a good joke. Um, you know, our favorite was always, um, you know, to lift him up by his armpits and have him, um, yeah, seeing the first half of, of Pearl Jam's ten album, um, it was his favorite and sure. and ours, um, and he would just, he, you know, he would allow us to do that for for a long time. So he was always game. Um, he was very patient. He was very he was a, he was a very patient <laughs> he was boy. The for most 19 patient years. boy. 
for 19 years. And, uh, and oh my gosh, I, boy, do I miss him. Um, it's just the house is, is, is very quiet, very, um, just, just not as, just not as fun, um, without yeah. him. But, but really, I mean, the, the main thing that really, the, the, the main part that really hurts, cause it's, you know, it, it, he was a 19 year old house cat. I mean, it's every, every day was, every day was a blessing with him. Every day was you know, kind of borrowed time. Um, and we we're thankful for it. So, you know, we can't really be too upset about something like this happening. Um, you know, but I, I, I've been processing this for a couple of days and I, I feel sort of strange processing a, a seven pound cat's death for several <laughs> days. But, um, yeah, I, I think the part that I'm, that kind of gets to me the most or the part that, you know, makes me the saddest is, um, I, I, I've always been a big believer that, you know, pets and, 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 and people, um, and you know, any, you know, any, any living, breathing thing with the, with the personality is, is a, a toilet flushing now. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. I think he would have wanted it. That he would have. Yeah. That's, <laughs> it, that could be, it could be him right, right there. It could be. <laughs> well, I, I, I always felt like, yeah, any, anything on earth, with a personality which i would de- you know house cats dogs any okay. sort of pets um i always felt like uh you know people i always felt like they were a a product of their environment you know everyone kind of starts off at the same level every person starts off you know with the same you know with the same genetics with the same you know with the same skills um, but you know, your, your environment is, is really what shapes you. Um, and, and that's what makes me the, the saddest is because he is, he was the product of 19 years of Amy putting all of her kindness and her love and her gentleness into, you know, into a cat, into a, into you know, a loved one. And just the, the the fact that that's gone. It's not all the way gone. Yeah. There are so many memories of what oh, he yeah. was, yeah. what he's been. And obviously, yeah. Amy reminds you of that every day in mm-hmm. so many ways. I am, yeah. I, I, I at least am very lucky that I get to, you know, to still see that on display every day. But, you know, that little, you know, seven pound hairball coughing embodiment of of her love is uh it's it's really tough to say goodbye to so well, and she you know she had axel before you and she were together mm-hmm. and so it you know represents every part of her that you've ever known mm-hmm. exactly yeah you know and she i don't know if you ever knew this story but you know, she rescued him from a from a squirrel trap when he was like bottle fed i must have heard this at some point yeah i've I've known I've known Axel <laughs> since she got him because mm-hmm. it was like 2004, right? Uh, yeah, 2004, yep. yep. So yep. and that was right around the time. So you, so you and you and Amy met because I knew you and I knew Amy. Mm-hmm. I didn't introduce you, but that's you know, we started running the same circles, mm-hmm. and so we all kind of got together at the same time. Um, and so we were all kind of there for the early days of Axel too. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I must have I must have heard that story. 
Oh, yeah. I don't remember it. <laughs> which, is not, yeah. which is not to say I don't wish that I did. But do you? <laughs> yeah, she was, you know, she, uh, uh, she was, you know, down at Lake of the Ozarks, as, as we all do uh, in college on the weekends, you know, just, have, just uh, having a great time. And on the way back, she they stopped off at an antique mall to, you know, gawk at, at weird Lake of the Ozarks antiques. And mm-hmm. on the uh, on the counter, the um, the uh, very rustic antique mall shopkeeper had a squirrel trap with two kittens in it, two baby kittens. Um, so Amy just obviously could not, you know, could not help herself and brought both of them home. One of them she gave to her mother. Um, that cat was uh, uh, named Carmela Soprano, obviously. Clearly, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Um, Carmela is is no longer with us. Carmela uh, passed away some years ago, um, and and Axel Rose was the uh, was the boy cat. That was that was Amy's love. So now was it were they were they placed in the squirrel trap for safekeeping or were they caught in the squirrel trap? For, uh, I mean, and then he was just like, "This is I'll just put this on the counter." They weren't talking, but I would imagine <laughs> they were they were just there for safekeeping. It was it was probably easier than uh, easier than than than, than anything than else on cats. hand at the moment. Yeah, so. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, you know, she, uh, yeah, she, she cared for him since he was, you know, just a, just a couple weeks old. So again, the, you know, obviously that's, it's very hard for her, but it's, it's also, it's very hard for all of us because, you know, she turned him into such a, such a special loving creature. Um, and I, I don't think anybody else could have, you know, uh, uh, turned him into the, into the loving little animal that he is. I mean, there was just so much of, of, of her and him. And that is, that is what I will miss the most. So. It was, it's strange. We, not until he, until he had passed it. Did I really realize like how much he was a part of this show even? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's literally in the background of every episode. Even though people can't <laughs> see it, you know, and um, despite, you know, all the jokes that we made and stuff, mm-hmm. just cause it's easier to process things that way. I think. Yeah. Um, he's, I mean, he's, he's kind of like Andy Richter. If all Andy Richter did was poop on the floor. That's yeah. kind of, <laughs> and maybe he does. We don't know. Uh, yeah, Andy yeah. Richter. I mean, they don't. You know, they have don't commercial. Know. He has a good press agent. Who knows? Well, who knows? But um, yeah, he's he's going to be very much missed um, by by me as well. I probably all of us. I think, but I think you all. Um, I unquestionably did the thing that was best for him at that point. Like you said, it was. It's so you're so fortunate in a way that um, it was pretty clear that this was the time because mm-hmm. you know sometimes that decision is so hard to make. Mm-hmm. For, for more reasons than it is naturally hard to make. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to do a comedy podcast? <laughs> uh, yes, about oh. about uh, about death and making fun of it. Sure, let's. Should we do that? Yeah, let's do. I'll, I'll tell you this. Yeah. I tell you, I scoured I scoured my notes. There's no cats in this one. I appreciate that. Yeah, no uh, problem. Maybe That's next week. If you could keep the soundboard to a tasteful minimum in this episode, I would really appreciate it. <laughs> also no is that the right one no i just if i want to use one which one is the right one is it crickets. this one it's crickets. yeah no. that's laughter yeah that's... that one's not also not no mm. probably not that one that one's better yeah that's probably the best one it's peaceful maybe this it does it's it sounds like cat heaven okay actually. so we got a couple yeah. options okay if, if if i need them they're yeah. there and i know which ones they are now muscle memory mm-hmm. okay he truly was part of this show, and so we should we should we should mm-hmm. people 
listening, I think, are actually we've as uh, we've actually heard from several folks over the course of the last several months mm-hmm. um, inquiring about Axel, and mm-hmm. some of them inquiring about how uh, how casually we talk about Axel. So yeah. um, there, you know, we certainly have a lot of listeners who are invested in uh, in him. So I think uh, you know. Now we'll just be fun. We'll be extra funny for the rest of the mm-hmm. show to balance it out. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want more whiskey before? We start? Uh, I am good. I, I poured a I poured a big boy one. I poured all my fingers tonight. So, and you have nine of them, minus my porn finger, of course. <laughs> for a second, for a split second, I thought you said your porn finger, <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and the number of. Of terrifying visions that no. flashed through my mind for about half a second. <laughs> my porn finger hadn't come up, hadn't come up on Porn Ghost sixty nine. I don't think it was going to come up on this episode. Oh boy. Well, um, any anything else for we? Get no, into I am all caught up. That is that is my whole life right there. Well, so. do you care about my life? You haven't asked about how my week was. <laughs> Hey Clayton, how was your week? Was it also awesome? <laughs> Let's just do the story. Okay, that's fair. That's yeah. <laughs> on second, on second thought, you're right. That's, Push right uh, through. We should yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So here now is the the comedy. Are you ghost still taking story. notes? Are you? I can. What are you typing? <laughs> I am. I am adjusting tabs. this one story about an animal. <laughs> um. Okay. <clears throat> Jean-Baptiste was probably born in 1813, and it may have been in Ireland. Um, (laughs) There is some debate about his his background, but an 1860 census listed him as being Irish. Um, But I'll just, with a name like Jean-Baptiste, I'm not not sure Uh, that's right. 1860s poll, you know, census sounds like Irish might be like the other check mark at the bottom. Like, <laughs> are you American? Are you or Native Irish? American? <laughs> are you European or other parentheses Irish? My name is John Baptiste. Yeah. I love, I love a nice bottle of Chateau Puff Pop. Chateau du Pop. What are the French wines? Because he uh, sounds French. Chate- and I want to make him. Chateau do something. Chateau yeah, do. That sounds right. Let's just cut. You know, we're not even going to cut it. We're just going to leave it in. That yeah. sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not going to cut it. <laughs> uh, apparently, Jean Baptiste spent some time in Australia. Mm-hmm. So some people are like, maybe he's Australian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the people who knew him there said he didn't. He didn't know much English. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not. It's not giving Ireland. Mm-hmm. They also, the people in Australia thought maybe he had come from Venice, which is uh, Italy. Italy. Right. Um, other people swear he was French. I, I'm I mean, going French. Yeah, I feel very I strongly. I guess. I mean, he's got like a, it's a real like Carmen Sandiego vibe this guy's got here. I don't, I don't know how much. I mean, really, it, it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter. No. I mean, like, this isn't, yeah. It might. Okay, well, yeah, you would know, but I, I've. I'm gonna I'm gonna put money on it, it not not it having much bearing on it. Okay, there we go. It doesn't matter. <laughs> what is known for sure is that he is definitely he definitely he's dead. Prob probably yeah. he's definitely dead corporeally, uh-huh. and he probably also sailed to Australia at some point and lived in a small town called 
Castlemaine mm-hmm. until 1855. Um, at which point he climbed aboard the LDS immigration ship Tarquinia and set sail for the U.S. of A. Mm-hmm. Did you note that I said the LDS ship? L- lady? Nope. Mm. Lord? Nope. Mm. You Le- know this one. L- L- LDS. Wait, the Latter-day Saint ship? Yes, sir. Oh. There was a ship chartered <laughs> by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, a.k.a. the Mormons, to bring people from Australia into America to be good good American Mormons. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently, this is a very common practice. They would send ships all over the world to be like, mm-hmm. you can come. We'll, we'll bring you to America. Yep. We'll bring you to this good place. <laughs> But you're ours now. Yeah. <laughs> we found this big island down in the in the South Sea where everybody wants to get off of it. They're all wearing white and black stripes for some reason. I don't think it's that big of a deal. For sure, <laughs> they'll go anywhere. So the Tarquinia leaves Melbourne uh, on April twenty seventh, eighteen fifty five, and it arrives in Honolulu, Hawaii, on July fifth. Um, and this is Honolulu, like prime Honolulu. So there's mm. still a Hawaiian king mm. this is way before the u.s government just stole it from those people mm. and made it the state so this is like prime hawaii and uh and baptista's there for a few months and he's like i hate perfect places <laughs> i i don't this, i don't like it this guy's running from debt or debtors <laughs> or a woman that's all i can think of that's got to be true yeah, right? i mean there's <laughs> someone yeah. has caught his trail because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> instead he gets a boat to san francisco mm. Can you imagine leaving Honolulu or San Francisco? Any any era. Yeah. I don't care if it's 1800s. I don't care if it's today. Uh, you know what I hate? Not. Sunshine and uh, temperate weather and um, being dry. I, I hate being dry. I, I want to be cold and wet all cold the time. Wet. Maybe foggy. Maybe mm-hmm. I want to be foggy. Yeah. But just every single day. Every single yeah. day I want to be so foggy <laughs> yeah. I can't see myself until 10 o'clock in the morning. I don't want to hear any more ukulele. I just want to get hit by driverless cars. That's what I want out of my <laughs> life right now. So he's in California for a few years, but uh, in 1959, he finally he makes his last big move. And I bet you can guess where he landed. Mm, see, he was. Is he still a Mormon? Is he still under their spell? Uh, he's got to be. He was on okay. the ship, so is it's he, a, it's is, a binding thing. Is he heading to Utah. He's the, heading to Utah. Oh, He's heading man. to Salt Lake City. Goodness. Now, I, this is the point where I want to share some brief Mormon history. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many folks uh, who listen to us have a kind of a have their heads really kind of wrapped around um, the Church of Latter Day Saints. So here are some bullet points. It was started in New York, um, essentially where the Angel uh, Moroni or Moroni visited Joseph Smith. The angel was like, here's where you should dig to find some gold tablets that God has buried for what I assume yep. are reasons. I, I don't, <laughs> like God's going around burying golden plates. Um, God is sending you on a scavenger hunt. And the first clue <laughs> is to walk 10 paces in this direction. <laughs> um, so the tablets had writing on them. It was a mysterious language that looked like nonsense to everyone, but uh, the angel made it the angel translated them to, to Joseph. Mm. Um, so he was like, don't worry, everyone. I know what this says. And it says um, that I'm in charge of you now. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Like reading the tablets, like this is very convenient. I, I wasn't expecting anything like this. Wow, but this, this is, is this is a shock to me. It's working out in my favor. We are all surprised by this, but I'm as surprised as anyone. You know. But yes, it is. It's great. So he moves to Kirkland, Ohio, uh, because he believes that is the quote New Zion. Hmm. So the New Zion is, of course, the uh, the new paradise, the new Garden of Eden, the new uh, the new you know the new perfect godly place. Yeah, I mean that's why I'd like. You know, Target names all their brands after that. I mean, it's yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny. Costco Coffee is. And, yeah. uh, they're really into yep. into New Zionism. <laughs> so they're there for a while, but in 1837 they leave Ohio, and uh, according to uh, the website, the Brigham Young University website, um, they left Ohio because the people of Ohio were so mean spirited to the Mormons that they had no choice but to leave for their own safety. <laughs> now. There may be some truth to that, but I want to point out the History Channel has a bit of a rebuttal, mm. and they say that Joseph Smith uh, fled Ohio after his bank failed, and he he ran away, quote, to avoid potential criminal prosecution mm. by angry and disillusioned farmer <laughs> believers, some of whom claimed he had mismanaged their investments. Sounds like old Jean-Baptiste has an idol in the making right here. <laughs> You're running from debt? I'm running from debt. We should both run from debt. Did we just become best friends? Oh, my God. We should so, build bunk beds in here. <laughs> so um, so Joseph moves the Mormons to the Kansas City area, mm-hmm. which uh, then he was like, this is actually the new Zion. I was mm-hmm. I was just kidding about the last one. This mm-hmm. this is new Zion. Mm-hmm. I believe to... I believe some members of Amy's family join uh, the Mormon church at this time. She, she does some some uh, um, you know, ancestry dot com type stuff mm-hmm. and uh, i i believe she says on her mom's side there are some uh some mormons that get, they that get checks mixed out. up i know her, i know her mom that checks out <laughs> yeah yeah so <laughs> does she do you know about the the missouri mormon wars the oh that sounds familiar is it oh, is it related to the cave wars or not uh no or the kentucky this cave is... wars no <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's different that's my it's it's my favorite <laughs> it's my favorite you know genre war so maybe I'm sure we'll come back to the Mormon Cave Wars oh, eventually. Yeah. There's lots of ghosts. Um, a lot of casualties of that one. Um, if you haven't heard about the Missouri Mormon War, there's a really great episode. It might be two episodes even uh, of, uh, of that on uh, the Dollop podcast, which is very much like this one, uh, history podcast mm-hmm. with uh, people making jokes and stuff that we did not steal the idea. Of. I don't even know Absolutely what the fuck it not. is. So That's right. I couldn't have done so, that. But it's definitely worth a listen. But um, basically, they moved to Missouri. They really pissed people off because the people in Missouri thought that they were um, they they didn't like that some of them uh, had multiple wives, mm. and they just thought they were weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so Missouri, the state of Missouri, is like, you know what, you you all Mormons, you can have. We're gonna make a new county for you. You can have Caldwell County, and that's for your Mormons. So that's why Caldwell County exists now. They made it for the Mormons. And they said, don't leave there, though. <laughs> you have to stay there. And that only went well for like a week before the Mormons were like, well, we want to go. We want to live in other places mm-hmm. because Caldwell County, Missouri, is not, yeah. <laughs> it's not great. <laughs> and, uh, and so they tried to cross the borders. And when they did, there are these like literal, like pretty violent fights started breaking out. Um, and they got so bad that in 1838, Missouri Governor Lyburn Boggs ordered all Mormons expelled from the state. And if they didn't leave, they were to be exterminated. Ooh. So it was codified into law. Missourians actually made it legal to kill Mormons, 
Would you like to guess the year that they finally changed that law? Ooh. Again, it goes into effect in 1838. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say in 1938. 1976. <laughs> it was technically legal to kill a Mormon in Missouri Until in America's, 1975. America's bicentennial celebration when the Mormons finally <laughs> can rest. It uh. is amazing. The story of the Mormon Wars is definitely worth um, worth checking out, and I encourage everyone to do so. Um, all I'll say is, so they then fled to southern Illinois, mm-hmm. because that was the news I had. <laughs> they go Ohio, Kansas City, southern Illinois. I know not everybody is a, like a, a, a student of Midwestern geography, but uh, that's a bit of a zigzag right there. It that is a, is, it's, yeah. a, it's a classic zigzag. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's some backtracking mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, they were not well received there either. <laughs> and an angry mob actually jailed Joseph Smith and his brother there. And then mm-hmm. a few days later, that mob stormed the jail, killed both of them. That's where Joseph Smith died is in uh, Southern mm. Illinois. Wow. So then Brigham Young takes over mm-hmm. as new leader. And he's like, hey, guys, I don't I don't think this is New Zion either. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think it's somewhere else far away from here. Um, and that's the point at which they moved to mm. Utah. So now here's, here's – I mean, this is probably – very well documented but to get to utah easily at least from southern illinois you either got to go through missouri or you got to do a a big old roundabout right there so i'm curious that's going to be like six months out of your way you're going to lose half your people to to just like famine because Mm -hmm. missouri has made it very clear that no cut throughs sorry well and part of part of what makes the story of the mormons so wild is that they also had um, basically a Mormon assassin squad, like a true, like they had this like squad of like, of assassins that mm-hmm. they would send out to just be like hitmen to take out people that they didn't, that they thought had to be dealt with. And so part of that was they sent people, uh, they sent them ahead of themselves mm-hmm. to like basically deal with, uh, to tamp down any uprisings before they got there. Um <laughs> I know what will soothe people's minds if we assassinate several <laughs> of them before we get to town. Heads. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be pretty good. So it truly is a wild story. I mean, I again go check out the dollops episodes on this because Jesus, Christ, it's 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 really nuts um, and well worth your time. But uh, anyway, so they had a, they had a, they had some stumbles on their start, is what I'm saying. It happens. Yeah, all religions, finally, all religions start like this with some you know totally hitmen totally. and. Yes. And <laughs> yes. like a, you know, Zion moving goalpost thing. It happens. Yeah. Happens yeah. Everybody. yeah. 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 And mm-hmm. these, you know, people are fallible. Mm-hmm. Um, we mm-hmm. thought these eight places were, uh, were the new garden of Eden and they were not. Yeah. Um, now let's go to the desert mm-hmm. on the other side of the Rocky mountains where yeah. no one can get to us. <laughs> I think that's going to be it for us. Hey, you know, Moses wandered around, you know, beating on rocks with sticks for 40 years before he figured this shit out. That's so. true. It could be worse. Yeah. He could be in could Oklahoma. Be <laughs> tough hit on oklahoma well i'm just saying (laughs) oh certainly not uh so okay so now the mormons are set up their shop in in salt lake city in Mm -hmm. utah with the rocky mountains you know with the right nice little barrier divider yeah Yeah. and no fireflies Mm -hmm. that's uh (laughs) mormons hate this one weird bug and they were like thank god we finally made it away from the fireflies so in 1859 now jean baptiste he's like these are my people. They got me out of Australia. Mm-hmm. I'm probably running from something, mm-hmm. and it feels like pretty good cover. 
I'm going to go to Salt Lake City to be with my my LDS brethren. Mm-hmm. Just blend in. A nice Australian I'll Frenchman in, in Salt Lake <laughs> City. Just yeah. blend right in. I think so. <laughs> and so he marries a woman named Dorothy Jennison. Mm-hmm. And he gets a job uh, as a grave digger for the local cemetery. Can't lay lower than that. No. You're, like you, you're laying six feet yeah. under, <laughs> underground at that point. <laughs> Um, so he's living, he's living a good life. He's got a happy life. He's, he's got a small house, not far from the graveyard. So he's, you know, walking distance to work. Mm-hmm. Dude, he and also, honestly, like everything I've read is like the, the thing most closely tied to job satisfaction. It's not, <laughs> not pay, not responsibility. It's commute time. Did you know that? Commu- number one, the number one thing, commute time. So, and I mean, I will say my, my outlook on my job has improved greatly since I moved from 300 miles away from it mm-hmm. to 10 miles away from it. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. So I get that. Yeah. Now, what if you could, you know, walk to a graveyard and just work there every day? I love it. And also, here's the other thing about this. He worked the night shift because he's digging graves. Right. Which is, you don't, people don't, you don't, you don't want people to see you doing that during the day because they yeah. get upset. So there's no one around. It's like the quietest. Mm-hmm. Everyone leaves you alone. Mm-hmm. You can walk to work. Mm-hmm. You're just there by yourself. You dig a grave. You go home. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, great. It's a shame like the iPod hasn't been invented yet because that really is like the last thing that sort of sealed the deal right there. Oh, God. You like, can listen could, to if, so many podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> I do that. So you got to like drag this phonograph all the way to the graveyard every day and fucking <laughs> crank it with one hand while you're digging with the other hand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. That would be ideal. <laughs> so this is going great for him. He's loving life. It's a good, simple life for this good, simple man. Um, now it was sort of rocky times for the Mormons <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, I don't know if you can believe this or not, but the people of Utah weren't thrilled about them being there. <laughs> this is, you, you're picking up maybe on a theme. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Literally, yeah. Some light, some light discomfort from the American people, um, wherever the Mormons yeah. settle. So, yeah. And I think the Mormons were very, very strong with their uh, evangelical bent. So they, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're out there preaching, mm-hmm. preaching the good word. Yeah. Um, and people, I, it doesn't seem like the old West at this time is the, it seems uh, the whole country is probably not prime for this, but mm-hmm. those are people who are not there to be told to get into line. You know what I'm saying? Like this, <laughs> this is a, it's a bold choice by Brigham Young. And the Utah governor, John W. Dawson, he does not like the, um, the <laughs> my, I've been autocorrected to morons. That's not what that's supposed to say. Uh, the Mormons, he's like the Mormons. And I want to say, I, I'm disparaging uh, the history of the Mormons a little bit. I'm just being, this is, these are just facts that I'm sharing. Um, I've known a few Mormons and they've all been the nicest people I've ever met. I've never met anyone nicer than every single person who practices, um, uh, for them in the Mormon faith, truly, yeah. like they are the kindest, yeah. <laughs> nicest people. Uh, um, so if you're, if that, if you're, so don't, don't mistake the history for, uh, for you know, slandering against um, the people. Yeah. Now I, I'm going to assume the people you know are not on the Mormon hit squad. Then I, that's my assumption. Or they no. are, and they're just very good at it. At, at which point, you know, more power to you guys. You know, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like, you're Jason Bourne, but really nice. I love that. Like, that's, that's great. <laughs> I will some... absolutely take this pamphlet. Yes. Um. <laughs> um, so anyway, so 
So now Governor Dawson, he doesn't like the Mormons. Now he was born in 1820 in, uh, in Indiana, in Cambridge, Indiana. He was a lawyer and a farmer and a newspaper editor. <laughs> it's good to be a multi-hyphenate. And he did these things until he entered politics as a know-nothing. Mm. And we've talked about the know-nothings before, but yes. um, it's worth noting, I still can't believe we had a political party called the know-nothings. <laughs> It's such bad branding, and it didn't last for long, and I can't imagine why. <laughs> um, anyway, so later, Dawson became a Democrat, and then later he became a Republican. So he <laughs> he's he's a man of, uh, of, of firm values. Mm -hmm. and, um, let's see, in 1861, President Abraham Lincoln appointed Dawson governor of the territory of Utah. Dawson hates these Mormons <laughs> and the Mormons hate him too. Um, but this time the, 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 the people under Brigham Young, they're like, God damn, we are not moving again. We have been moving all over this fucking country. We're not doing it again. Yeah. We are literally almost out of places at this point. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. Um, so they said, no, this time, actually, you know what? Mm -hmm. You're leaving. And they chased Dawson out of office oh and they actually gosh. chased him out of Utah, Oof. which is how the Mormons came to power in Utah and Salt Lake city. They literally chased the governor away and they're like, we are the governor now. Yep. This is our place now. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm the captain now. Oh, okay. That's fine. Yeah, sure. Okay, Why okay, not? I'm just going to go. You mm -hmm. know what? Fuck you guys. This yeah. sucks. I'm yeah. going back to Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> Tired of the salt, tired of all the sand. <laughs> Dawson had been there for less than a month. Um, and as he's running away, his carriage is attacked by uh, by some of those good God-fearing Mormon folk. Mm -hmm. um, probably members of the actual Mormon hit squad. Mm -hmm. And they beat the shit out of him. Mm -hmm. Like, they beat him nearly to death. But they're not trying to kill him. They're just trying to send him a message. So they, mm -hmm. they don't beat him all the way to death. But they beat him mostly to death. And they're like, this is for angels. Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> whatever it is that they say. <laughs> um, and it, it all washed out. There were three men who were accused of the crime. And I don't have the names of all of them. But on January 16th, 1862, two of the men who had been, who had been accused of beating Governor Dawson were shot and killed by the Salt Lake City Police. And one of those men was a gentleman named... Moroni Clausen. Uh, again, could be Moroni. Hmm. Um, but yes, again, this is the name Moroni. Moroni is the name of the angel that Joseph Smith met. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, they're naming people after angels. But I don't, that seems different. I don't, I don't know. Catholicism doesn't do that. Oh, I, oh, I mean, Latin, Latin American Catholicism sure does. Do they? Jesus? He's not an angel. I don't know if you know uh, about I, I don't know if you're familiar with Catholicism, <laughs> but, but he's, he's pretty angel. big. He's pretty big in the, in the I book. I mean, he's a big yeah. deal. I'm not saying he's not, but um, I mean, people are naming people Joseph all the time. That's, you know. Right. Yeah. I don't know. If, there. I, mean, I don't know if you remember the whole story. Joseph, I mean, he, he's a kind of a bit player in the whole thing. Jesus is, he's the real. No, no. I'm sorry. Joseph Smith. I'm talking oh, about the I real see. Joseph. Uh, okay. Well, yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> uh, but it's true. People name people like Michael and... Uh, and etc. So mm -hmm. Michael's a, one of the big ones, one of the mm -hmm. arc ones. So, okay, yeah. I take it back. You're right. Um, anyway, so Moroni is also the, oh yes, I read that note already. So no, <laughs> no one comes forward to give Moroni Clausen a proper burial. So after a while, a police officer in Salt Lake City um, named Henry Heath is like, 
okay, I'll do it. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone, everyone should be buried. Everyone, everyone deserves some respect, even if they uh, beat the shit out of our governor. Yeah. So Henry Heath actually pays for Maroney's burial and even goes so far as to buy him a suit to be buried in. Wow. So, yeah, very decent thing. Um, Maroney was then buried in the Salt Lake City Cemetery. But eventually, Maroney's family did surface. They lived out of state, and it took a while for news of, of his death to reach them, which is why they didn't come forward and claim him right mm-hmm. away. Plus, they did like, kind of zigzag around all the states that yeah, were. Yeah, it went up to, like, to <laughs> Seattle, and then it was down to Houston, and then it was over to, like, Charlotte. It took, it was just, telegraph system was wild back mm-hmm. then. <laughs> it took nine months to get a message three towns over, and that's just, you just had to live with it, mm-hmm. you know? That's just America, baby. That's how it goes. When they finally heard about his death, they sent word that they would actually, they would like him not to be buried in Salt Lake City. They would like him to be put at rest at their family plot in Draper, Utah. And so they paid to have uh, the body of Maroney Clausen exhumed from the city cemetery so they could move him. Mm-hmm. So they're like, okay, so we'll go do this. So they, they go and they, they dig him out of the ground and they open the casket. And when they did, they found Maroney buried face down which is very disrespectful. Yeah, that's not nice. Also completely butt-ass naked. Ooh. Hmm. And Maroney's brother is pissed. Yeah. Yeah. For what I think are very clear reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Although part of me thinks like if if you bury me in clothes, you're just wasting a good set of clothes. The other thing is if I I don't have a brother, but if I did have a brother, yeah. And I knew my brother was going to be exhuming my dead body. You know, be the <laughs> funniest fucking joke. <laughs> like, no, 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 if no, you, no. If you write, if you write some words on your on your butt cheeks, for yeah, him to find, you know, yeah. like if his name is Bob, like put like t- uh, like a B on each butt cheek or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my fucking god. Um, that's true. That's a good point. <laughs> so maybe it was that. Um. So, but the brother is so mad. He goes to the police and Henry Heath is there and he's like, listen, I'm mad too. I, I'm mm-hmm. mad about this. I bought the goddamn yeah. suit that he was buried in. <laughs> so someone took that suit and that sucks for me. So he's, so he's, he's like, mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm on the case. Too. Yeah. 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 Uh, so he storm so Heath storms over to the Sexton's house of the, of the parish and the Sexton's like, bro, I don't know. I yeah. look, that's, that's not how we do things. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't bury naked. I know. Yeah. Yep. Nope. That's not mm-hmm. a, like, it's not my kink. Uh, <laughs> I've got some, I've got some kinks. That's yeah. not one of them, but um, that's not what, go talk to the grave digger. The grave mm-hmm. digger in the cemetery is John Baptiste. I mean, there's a lot of kicking the can here. It seems like, like, Hey, he the was buck does not stop. Yeah. Anywhere. <laughs> now when I buried him, he might've been nude, but he was definitely lying on his back. Well, totally. okay, when I buried it. Yeah. Have you talked to the rats? Because they get in there and they are up to some hijinks. There are sometimes we shake the coffin like a boggle cube just before we put it underground. <laughs> but I don't think that was the case this It's for time. luck. It's yeah. for luck. Mm-hmm. Um, so so Heath goes to Baptiste's house. And Baptiste isn't home. It's, a, it's his working shift. He's out digging a grave. But mm-hmm. his wife Dorothy is home. And she's like, yes, hello, please. Please yeah. do come inside. Yeah. And inside the house, Heath finds boxes and boxes and boxes stacked around the house in every room of the house, filled to the brim 
with the clothing of dead people. Oh, Jean-Baptiste. Jean-Baptiste. Zutelot. Mon Dieu, Jean-Baptiste. I had such faith in you. Oh. And, uh, and that's how they learned that John Baptiste had been robbing Salt Lake City graves for years. Boy. You know, I wasn't ever really on John Baptiste's side, I'll be honest. I, no, but, why would you? Yeah. But uh, um, did you expect this? But now the the, the, the whole you know, John Baptiste world tour is starting to make a lot of sense, obviously. Yeah, the whole theory about being yep. on the run from something, mm-hmm. that's that's checking a lot of boxes now, <laughs> for sure. Every time, he, every time he goes to Newtown, his footlocker gets like a little bit bigger. You know, his, 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 all of a sudden he's got like three steamer trunks going to the next town. Like, what the fuck do you have in all these steamer trunks, Jean Baptiste? Oh, nothing, nothing, nothing. I think, uh, would you be interested in buying some socks, though? <laughs> <laughs> I need a house at this new place. I have so many boxes. Yeah. No one will buy these dirty clothes with dirt on them and the stench of the death. <laughs> so he's a, yeah, so he's a great, so I assume, what I assume is happening here is he's having a very easy time finding people to buy like the jewelry and stuff that people are buried with. Yeah having a much harder time yeah. uh, finding people to buy old dirty death clothes. Yeah. And so he's just keeping them, which is, a, that's a huge mistake. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, he's probably not expecting this to happen, but you got to figure if, if someone's being exhumed in your graveyard, like you're probably made aware. They're probably saying, Hey, Jean Baptiste, would you mind digging this guy up? At which point you're probably like, oh, fuck the clothes. Um, let, <laughs> me, let me call my wife very quick. It will not be a problem. I need to get her to, uh, turn the bonfire on. I, uh, <laughs> I forgot my shovel. Yeah. I will be right back. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So, so this is going badly. And now, so Keith is, he's very upset. Obviously. Clearly. <laughs> um, but Heath is really upset, not only because grave robbing is, I mean, that's a terrible thing yeah, to do. Yeah, it's you know, pretty far down there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's bad enough. But the kicker is Heath's own daughter, Sarah, had died just nine months earlier. Oh. And she was buried in the Salt Lake City Cemetery. Mm. So Heath is fucking livid. Um, so he goes, he rides straight to the cemetery. He finds Jean Baptiste digging that grave. Um, he pulls his gun and his face must look absolutely insane because (laughs) Baptiste apparently immediately dropped the shovel and falls to his knees and just starts instantly begging for his life. Like before he says a word, Baptiste is like, (laughs) (laughs) no, not today. I have a different grave chosen for myself. (laughs) So he's begging for his life and like weeping. And, but Heath is obviously still really upset. So, uh, so Baptiste admits to robbing graves and Heath starts pointing to different gravestones around, Mm. around the the graveyard and saying, did you, did you rob this grave? Mm. Did you rob this grave? In every single one of them, John Baptiste is saying, yes, I did. I did. I did. I did Mm. rob that guy. I did. Mm -hmm. And eventually Heath drags him by the collar over to his daughter Sarah's grave. And he says, did you rob this grave? Baptiste says, no. This one seems important. <laughs> uh, this last name seems familiar. Yeah. I do not know. Uh, I do not know, but I will say no. <laughs> None. And so he says no. And at this point, Heath is, Heath is, he's, He's pretty wrecked with emotions, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> as you can understand. Um, but he has to make a quick decision what to do with him because word is already spreading through town that the bodies of like 
every person's dead loved ones has been have been ravaged by Jean Baptiste. Right. And so he knows it's only a matter of like probably minutes uh, before a mob or, comes to yeah, tear him apart. Baptiste. Yeah. yeah. So he has to make a quick decision. And he, he, so he decides he, he has been, they pick Baptiste up and they drag him to the jail. Mm-hmm. Um, in an interview later with the town newspaper, he th- said that he had already made up his mind at that point that if Baptiste had said yes to robbing his daughter's grave, he was going to shoot him in the fucking head. Yeah. Um, so saying no is the right way to go for, uh, for Jean. It buys me precious seconds. <laughs> so Baptiste goes to jail and the next morning, the Salt Lake city police, they go to his house. They seize all the stolen property and they found clothing from over 300 different bodies. Man. It's a lot, it's a lot of clothes. And you know, they're like, I don't, I don't I, we don't know what to do with these things. So, yeah. Um, so they laid him out on the table downtown, or, um, I guess a series of tables, probably yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a series of towns, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and they told people to come and collect anything that looked familiar to them. Mm-hmm. So they gave them a few minutes for people to come and collect, um, their loved ones, clothing, and mm-hmm. anything that went un- uh, unclaimed, the police later buried in an unmarked grave in a city cemetery, which Very is tasteful. still there somewhere today. Very tasteful. does seem like yeah. the right thing to do. Yeah. Although I can imagine it's kind of like. Like when you're at the airport at the luggage return and you're like, God, they're all black suitcases. I really don't know. <laughs> this is probably this, this is, is probably my brothers and I, is, I wouldn't I I wouldn't care except we were the exact same size. Yeah, and, and I, <laughs> the stains are all in the back, so I can probably make this work. I sit a lot, so yeah. I think no one will really notice. Yeah. So so they solved the clothing problem, sort of. <laughs> But, um, but gosh, what to do with Jean Baptiste? There are, so there, are, so I mean, there is a the grave they just dug for all the clothes. There is that, there is always that option. <laughs> I, it seems there's a very simple yeah. solution here for yeah. sure. <laughs> and there are no surviving court records about the trial, but what we do have, there is a transcript of a speech given by Brigham Young himself at this time. And during that speech, Young, he railed against the horrors of grave robbing as a whole, mm-hmm. uh, and said that for Jean-Baptiste, hanging or shooting him would be too easy a punishment. But life in prison, quote, would do nobody any good. And I have two thoughts about this. Number one is, neither of these is like a godly option. So yeah. it's like, you're leading a religion here. Yeah. You know, you should, you know, mm-hmm. forgive me. The more important one is, those are all the options. Yeah. <laughs> so I, <don't, laughs> I mean, the other option is letting him go. And that doesn't seem cool. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you want to take a guess of what, uh, what Brigham Young recommends? Um, cutting him in half. Half is shot in the head. Half is left in prison for the rest of his life. <laughs> and God have mercy on his soul. Um, that's a good guess. Thank you. Thank you for making it. Do you want Thank to take you. another guess? Um, I was going to guess they were going to have him dig the hole for the, for the clothes. And then just kind of push him down into it, but that, I don't think that. No, was that's his joy, man. Yeah, digging those digging, <laughs> yeah. digging, digging graves is what gets him out of bed. At this night. is my zen, man. I really <laughs> appreciate you. <laughs> thank you, guys. Yeah. I I tell you what, thank you so much for giving me this last opportunity. Uh, um, you guys can now use bring a shoe. <laughs> you guys can't really it seems like use a lot of shoes. shoes. Hey, right. you know people died in these shoes, right? Yeah. I'll just kind of gross. Kind of gross. 
So Brigham Young has a suggestion, and his suggestion is that the city of Salt Lake should exile Jean-Baptiste to Antelope Island, which is an island on the southern end of the Great Salt Lake. Ugh. An island in the Great Salt Lake? There are multiple islands in the Great Salt Lake. That just sounds gross. As I learned uh, from researching this story. Very gross. Yes, I think that's right. Um, and apparently, even though Antelope Island is surrounded by, obviously, salt water, mm. um, it has over 40 freshwater springs. Mm. Because Earth is a wonder. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it can sustain life. And there is a lot of wildlife there. So I don't know what was there then. But now, like since, since the 1800s, they've brought over bison. And there's like apparently a thriving bison population. And mm. there are wolves. And the circle of life continues... Um, Mm-hmm. With wolves eating bison, I guess. Yeah, and John Baptiste more likely. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So they bring him over to Antelope Island, and um, it's on the, it's on the very southern end of the lake. Like it's almost, it's you could see it very clearly from from the southern end of of the shore. Mm-hmm. Um, so Brigham Young is like, let's let's strand him there. Let's strand him on an island, mm-hmm. which I want to point out is exactly what Frontier Airlines tried to do with me last month. <laughs> Fuck those people. <laughs> I mean, had you been convicted of grave robbing? Is there something I need to know? I hadn't been convicted, no. <laughs> it's a victimless crime, let's be honest here. Who you don't want those clothes. Yeah. You, you're you're putting them in the grave yeah. to not ever see them again. Okay. You don't care about them. Stop pretending like you do. <laughs> Having said that, do you like my new hoodie? Uh it is nice. There's a little stain on it, but it doesn't feel like that it's big dirty, of a deal. But it's yeah. gonna be clean. It's great. Um, so, so anyway, so this is what they decided to do. And in the spring of 1862, Jean-Baptiste was indeed taken to Antelope Island and he's dropped there all alone with a ball and chain around his ankle, <laughs> which actually sounds silly. I know, but I, what I was, I was thinking about this and I was like, well, that's just, this is, this is a cartoon. Um, but I assume it's so he can't swim back. That to makes shore. it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> lots of things float in the Great Salt Lake, a cast iron ball though. <laughs> That one's I don't think I, think I think science is going to go the other way on that one. So, um, so there he's on. So he's on Antelope Island. But dear listener, uh, if you're like me, you've already gone to Google Maps to check out Antelope Island. <laughs> and if you've done that, you'll notice it's not actually an island; it's a peninsula. And so I was so confused for so long because <laughs> like all these stories are talking about Antelope Island and mm-hmm. it's an island. And then Google Maps is very clear, like, it's a peninsula. It's not an island. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? So it, took me, <laughs> it took me a little bit of research, but for the sake of this podcast, I did it. Because mm-hmm. this, is, this, is, this is the length I go to. I do this for us, Pat, you and wow. me. Uh, it turns out it is an island sometimes when water levels are what we will call normal. Mm-hmm. But when water, waters are low... It's a peninsula. So the land connecting it to the shore is mm-hmm. pretty shallow. Makes or sense. Pretty high. I don't know. Whatever. It's close to the surface of the water. Right. Uh, and I guess Google has just given in to the reality of climate change and said, you know what? This is no longer <laughs> ever going to be an what? island. Is, is, isn't the Great Salt Lake like receding every year? I I, I think it's. I assume. I mean, yeah. they all are. Yeah. yeah so I, 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 think I think the so. Great Salt Lake actually is one that like is like demonstrably yeah. sinking each So each it's incredibly year. possible that this actually no longer ever happens that mm-hmm. it's an island it's only a peninsula now john baptiste is free well you would think so however <laughs> at this time it was still mm-hmm. there were still low low times mm-hmm. and so after a while people were like hey guys 
the water's pretty low right now. He could just walk off the island (laughs) if he wants to. Um, And so they're like, oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Okay, okay. (laughs) So then they they adjust their plan. They go out to, they pick up Jean-Baptiste, take him off Antelope Island, and they take him by rowboat out to a further island, which is a much smaller island called Fremont Island. Okay. Um, And it is actually an island all the time. Okay, good. Even today. Right. Yeah. So like okay, th- this time yeah. we mean it. You, this yeah. is your this now. This fuck your you home. on this island. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so here, so here's a fun passage from thedeadhistory.com. And by the way, thedeadhistory.com. Um, I've just I've just discovered this website, and they're going to be a source for us for a, a long time because they're it's great. So shout outs to thedeadhistory.com. Hmm. Goodness, they do such a great job. Um. So here's a quote from them about about this story. Quote, at the time, the island was used by the Miller family to graze their cattle. So there was a small shack stocked with basic provisions. The Miller, and I guess the Millers apparently um, gave them permission to, they, they're like, hey, can we put John yep. Baptiste on your little island? They're like, like does he eat yeah, grass? I guess so, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the Miller brothers would usually go out to the island every three weeks to check their herd. Three weeks after leaving Baptiste on the island, the brothers told authorities that they had been out to the island, and while they did not directly interact with Baptiste, they saw him on the island and noted he had helped himself to most of the food in the shack. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Which I assume is a very genteel way yeah. of putting uh, their feelings <laughs> about that. <laughs> uh, I don't know what you expected. Mm-hmm. He also continues to dig holes on the island, which we find unsettling. (laughs) Also, the cows are all naked now. We left them all in suits, Mm -hmm. and now they are naked. Six weeks after Baptiste arrives on Fremont Island, the Miller brothers go back again. But this time, they find their shack had been partially dismantled. And one of their cows had also been partially dismantled. Um, It had been killed, and part of its hide had been cut into strips. (laughs) (laughs) And what they figured is that Baptiste had used the leather Mm -hmm. from the cowhide to lash together pieces of wood from the shack to make a raft. Mm. And Jean-Baptiste was never seen again. Wow. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. That Brigham Young is feeling pretty stupid at this point. <laughs> he finally yeah. was like, oh, I guess I was wrong about yeah. one thing. Yeah. <laughs> there was a third option. Let him escape and live a life of freedom. Sure. <laughs> um, so, of course, people are worried that he made it to the mainland and fled. Mm-hmm. Um, and that goes on for all. But almost 30 years later, in the year of our Lord, 1890... Uh, a group of hunters found a human skull near the mouth of the Jordan River, which is at the south end of, of Great Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. They find this human skull, just a skull. Mm-hmm. It's notable, and they tell people about it. Mm-hmm. And then three years after that, in 1893, a skeleton was found near the same place. The skeleton was missing its head, and the skeleton had a ball and chain fastened around its leg. Wow. So Jean-Baptiste, he got so close, mm-hmm. but something has happened, and he did die. <laughs> and uh. to this day, the ghost of Jean-Baptiste can be seen on and around Antelope Island. 
So sightings of him have apparently spooked the wildlife, leading to stampedes of the bison there. Hmm. So if you go to visit, which you can do, Mm -hmm. um, apparently the bison will sometimes stampede for reasons that no one understands, and uh, it could be a ghost. (laughs) They stampede like 200 feet this way, and then hit the shore, and then 200 feet that way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's also appeared to campers there. Uh, He will show up at some campsites, and he will beg you to take him off the island. Hmm. And he's also been seen thrashing and drowning in the waters of the Salt Lake. And when people swim out to help him, there's nobody there uh, and nobody's ever found. Hmm. Also, you can be like, I think you float, dude. Yeah. This is... <laughs> Try harder. Uh, uh, no, I guess if his, if his ghost also has the ball and chain, maybe that's maybe that's hard. You know, and, and I mean, Jean-Baptiste is obviously not a student of chemistry because if you put like a cast iron ball and chain in like high high concentration salt water for like 10 minutes it just dissolves off <laughs> it's like yeah. it's just gone at that point that's true he could have spent just a little yeah. more like one day just yeah. dipping that chain yeah. <laughs> in the water yeah it's yeah but you know i guess he was uh he was antsy he really wanted to dismantle a cow at some point so yeah <laughs> seems like a really <laughs> really well put together individual who finally yes. met a grizzly end well his his mo is is flea Mm-hmm. Not yep. not come up with a good plan. It's mm-hmm. just go to the next place. Right. <laughs> and uh, he was true to that up to the end. And I res- God damn it, I respect him. Uh. Um. And so uh, so he still haunts the area. And if you want to go find the ghost of Jean Baptiste, I hear Salt Lake City. I hear truly, it's wonderful. I hear it's a great city. Um. But um, I'll probably never know because their alcohol laws are absolutely draconian uh so we i don't think we'll be doing that on our uh i tag tour yeah. <laughs> so let us know how it goes everybody <laughs> um that's the story of jean baptiste the great salt lake ghost thoughts concerns questions um no i mean it's it is uh you know that sounds about what i would expect a uh, utah ghost to be honestly yeah you know it would be fun to find something more Mormony mm-hmm. someday because I don't think Mormons believe in ghosts. I don't know if that's true. I probably mm-hmm. shouldn't say that on the record. Yeah, I don't probably cut that, but <laughs> I don't want to make anyone mad. Well, it's true. <laughs> Which one will leave it in? They have a hit squad, yeah. but I don't. I don't want to. Um, but I don't. I think that's Ugh. right. I don't think they do. So it'd be really. It'd be kind of. It'd be very, um, very interesting to find a Mormon ghost. Mm-hmm. If you don't believe in ghosts, can you become a ghost? Hmm. ghosts are they anchored to our beliefs i don't know i mean ghosts always seem like they're you know pretty pissed off about everything so being pissed off about being a ghost because you thought you didn't exist you know are all ghosts mormons Mm, oh that's another that's a better question yeah that one might get the hit squad brought to your (laughs) door um well that's that's pretty much it i guess <laughs> for this week but if you are liking the show please tell your friends and your family or whoever whoever spread the word and you know rate and review wherever you listen because that stuff really helps um once you when you review something the the algorithms pick it up and they they start showing it toward strangers so it, it's a huge huge help for us um and we would love that so rate review mm-hmm. tell your friends share the share the good word um send us money whatever whatever you want mm-hmm. yeah Small bills. Um, I don't want to report anything. So. Yeah, our bank account numbers will work fine. We'll find a way to launder that. Mm-hmm. I think probably. Yeah, mine. Mine's like a. It's got a six in it. No, yours is yours. Your no, bank seven. account number is six. Yeah, no seven or seven. Yeah, okay, seven. That's helpful. Okay, good. 
And I think think that's going to do it for us tonight. Thank you all so much for listening. And we will see you again next week on Is This a Ghost? Thank you.